welcome to MCU Complete Me. It's the podcast where we talk about all the Marvel movies and decide if they're good or if they're bad. Today we're going to talk about a good one. It's Venom, and I'm your host, Crystal. With me is Luke. You hit me at hey. Uh, Crystal? Uh-huh? I think this is my favorite movie we've covered so far. Really? I think so. I, yeah, it's pretty good. It's been getting poor reviews, and I'm not sure why. Um, okay. If you are trying to be, like, a serious critic and, like, analyze art, I get why you'd come away from this movie being like, well, that's not, that's not necessarily, like, a great work. But this is why, like, when I was talking about my grading system, I don't base it on if I think it's good or bad. I base it on if I enjoyed it, because holy shit, this is a fun movie. Uh, let me see. It is, is got significantly worse reviews than Thor The Dark World. That's insane. Okay, you know what? I take it all back. No, it is a better movie than Thor The Dark World. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I'd go that <laughs> I Listen, we'll get to it. I, I think this is my favorite movie that this podcast is talking th- about. You think, you think this movie is better than the avengers yeah your favorite marvel movie yeah i think so okay well <laughs> oh yeah yeah what what is what's your uh what's your history with this film crystal you asked me to watch it and then i did okay just yeah. now great i mean were you, were you excited for it and what were you thinking as the trailers were rolling out i thought the trailers looked pretty good yeah yeah i remember that first trailer hit and i was like oh neat they're doing a venom movie as like a sequel to spider-man homecoming and then someone had to explain to me no 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 sony has the rights to a bunch of spider-man villains still so they're gonna do a spider-man villain verse i was like what that's fucking stupid right this movie is adjunct to the mcu right so is the idea that like they can't explicitly say that it's canon with the mcu because rights issues but like if you wanted to think that that's okay well there's some issues with even wanting to think that which we'll get to but no like they have full film rights to spider-man oh so they can just make a spider-man movie if they feel like right it's just that they've they've had this this gentleman's agreement with marvel i see i thought they like gave the rights to spider-man back to or you know sold them back rather no so they all the money all the box office from spider-man homecoming goes to sony wait what yeah i think marvel gets toy rights or something oh wow okay but basically in exchange they get to use spider-man in avengers in avengers movies which they get the money for sure okay yes. weird and also sony gets to put iron man in their movie wait what what, what movie's iron man in spider-man homecoming oh i see okay wow all right sure this is even more confusing than i thought it was <laughs> Okay, man. No, this movie Venom is entirely divorced from Spider-Man. Right, which is funny because Venom's entire look is based off Spider-Man. I, you know, I think they, I think it's fine. They do a, yeah, no, it, it works in this movie. It's just funny to think about like, you know, Venom's design is like, what if Spider-Man, but goopy and buff. And now it's just, I don't know, he's just looks like that. Don't worry about it. Shut up, nerd. Yeah, he doesn't swing webs. He just swings goo. Yeah. Yeah, and I, they don't even do much goop swinging in this movie. Do they do any? I don't remember. They do a little bit. Okay. I know he climbs around on buildings and shit. Right, it doesn't look like the Spider-Man swinging. Right, right. Yeah, uh... So yeah, so that's all super confusing. Um, and then I just kind of wrote the movie off because I'm like, well, that's probably gonna be dumb. And then uh, that that trailer came out where Venom calls someone a turd in the wind. It's a good line. Yeah, which we'll get to in a in a while here. And at that point, I was like, wait a second, this movie might just be like bad in a way that's really fun. I might need to watch this movie. And then it came out, and people loved it. 
I've seen nothing but like people going nuts over it. People, multiple people asked me if we were going to do an episode of the podcast about it. I was like, all right, fine. I guess I'll go to the theater and see it. There's been a lot of good uh, fan work derived from this movie. <laughs> there sure has. <laughs> I saw this, I went with my girlfriend to the movies, and we saw it as part of a double feature with the live-action remake of Cinderella, which they were uh, doing as, like, a special, like, month of princesses thing at AMC. And that was, that was, that was a double feature. Sure. Those are two movies that are odd to watch back-to-back. I bet. Yeah. Well, you know, but I mean, two love stories, so that's something. Yeah, two love stories. The core of this movie, the good parts. Yeah. The best parts. Yes. Are the interactions between the symbiotes and Eddie Brock? One hundred percent. Yeah. <sighs> do you want to just do you want to just get into it? Yeah, I guess let's just get into it. So we begin. This movie kind of has three acts, all of which feel very different. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Definitely. And we begin uh, in space. Yeah, yeah, with a big old spaceship uh, coming back to Earth. They've got some kind of specimens on board that they are ensuring ground control are secure. But then, uh uh-oh, wait, where's one of them? Oh, no, and the radio cuts out. And then they crash into the planet Earth. Yes. And there's a bunch of, like, weird shaky cam footage of the rescue workers. Yeah, they're pouring over the wreckage, and they find three little tubes with little goopy creatures in them. Yes. But one of them is missing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I, I, you know, it's been a few days since I've seen this movie now. Uh, you might have a fresher memory than I do. It's at some point, like, one of the, one of the astronauts isn't dead, right? And it's, um... I can't think of his first name, but it's J. Jonah Jameson's son, who's like the werewolf in the comic books, right? Oh, is it that guy? Yeah, they're like, oh, one of the astronauts is still alive. It's Jameson. Jameson's alive. Oh, it is Jameson. Yeah, but he's not actually alive. He's possessed by the missing goop boy. Right. He's possessed by riots. Yeah, yeah. So the the over at the Life Foundation, whose rocket ship this is, the CEO Carlton Drake mm. is is watching them recover. He's like, where the fuck's that fourth symbiote? Yeah. So I I looked it up, and like the Life Foundation and Carlton Drake are not like things this movie invented. They're like things from the comic books, but mm-hmm. and, and I don't know how they're portrayed in the comics. But this movie definitely it's it's Elon Musk and SpaceX, right? Yeah, it's 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 Mr. Musk. Yeah, yeah. He's back from Iron Man 2. <laughs> Which this movie might take place before. Well, he's played by a completely different actor now, though, and has a different name and a different right, ethnicity. Like you know, some might say he's a different person altogether. Well, so the fourth symbiote possesses one of the EMT workers. Yes. And she starts walking, making her way towards the airport. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> do, do we see uh, Riot use any of uh, its weird blade shit yet? Yeah, Riot like grabs the guy driving the truck and then pos- and kills him, snaps his neck with this goo stuff. Yeah, he doesn't use the blades yet. Okay, okay. But the truck, you know, crashes and Riot walks out in the body of the the EMT lady. Yeah, uh, and then we're introduced to our other hero. Eddie, or I guess we haven't met the... Listen, we were introduced to a hero of this movie, Eddie Brock. In San Francisco, the same city where Ant-Man takes place. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Ant-Man, of course, has not happened yet. Sure, sure. Uh, Eddie Brock in this movie is an investigative journalist for some TV news station. Yeah, he's 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 respected of some renown. Yeah, like, we're introduced to him by seeing uh, clips from his TV show, and it seems like he does a lot of, like, deep dives... 
into uh, like corrupt business people and stuff. The kind of stuff that you know would be happening in San Francisco. Right. He has he has a fiance who is a lawyer, and yes. she is sort of a, a, the defense lawyer for Carlton Drake. Is the, that man's? Yes. He's a defense lawyer for Elon Musk. Yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, Eddie Brock gets uh, called up to his uh, boss's office. And his boss, and this is a good poll, his boss is Bobby Fish from Luke Cage. Oh, okay. So I guess Bobby Fish used to be the CEO of a journalism, of a newspaper, a TV a TV news company. Yeah. And then he retired and moved to Harlem. Yeah. It is it is weird because, like, some of the language they use about, like, where Eddie Brock works makes it almost sound like it's more of a local news thing. But, like, the production value of his show and the size of the building make it seem like it's a national news thing. It seems to be a national news thing. Yeah. But, like, they talk about how, you know, he got run out of New York for his... Because he was digging too deep into the dirt and had to go to San Francisco, which, you know, yeah, sure. I guess maybe the, in, in this fiction, there's just some, maybe there is a national news organization based in San Francisco. I don't know. Yeah, he was run out of the Daily Globe, the competitor to the, uh, the what's it called? Uh, Daily Bugle. Daily Bugle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Bobby Fish tells him, go interview Carlton Drake. Be like the guy who interviewed the Hauser brothers and just give him a nice puff piece. Right. And uh, tells him that, like, you know, like, Eddie Brock tells him that he's going to be asking him some hard-hitting questions. And uh, his boss is like, no, 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 no. This guy has more money than God. He will buy our company and destroy it if you make him mad. Please just do the puff piece. Why did they get Eddie Brock to do this job? Yeah, that's a great question. I guess because he's just a, a well-known name. Okay. No one cares about the byline. No. I Listen, I don't know. <laughs> it does seem like, yeah, the one guy you would not want to get for this job. But uh, he does it. Uh, Eddie has a date night with his girlfriend where they're at a restaurant and sort of talking about the uh, interview. And the, his girlfriend is, like, reiterating, like, please just do what your boss asked you to do. Like, don't fuck this up. I, like, I, I'm involved with this guy. Like, you've already destroyed your career once. Don't do it a second time, please, for the love of God. And Eddie Brock says, here's my Eddie Brock impression. Yeah, yeah. I'm a journalist. <laughs> uh, all right, here's Tom Hardy has a very good accent in this film. I don't know how to describe it. Oh, uh, yeah. Here's, here's my best attempt at an Eddie Brock impression. Uh... I'm a journalist. I'm a journalist. It's very like high pitched with a lot of vocal fry and like a weird Brooklyn accent on it. It's a weird voice. It, it sounds like he's always one second from being out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Eddie Brock's like, okay, sure. Yeah. My my fiance, I will do this for you. And they go home and they have some smooching times and cuddle times. Yes. And then there's a scene where, you know, we talked a lot in The Winter Soldier about the difference between <laughs> Sam Wilson and Robert Redford. Oh, right. Yes. I'm glad you remembered to bring this up because I forgot. <laughs> yeah. He, Eddie Brock's really a good guy underneath it all because when he gets up in the night to have a drink, he, he just grabs... The whole carton of OJ and drink straight from it's it. It's an even bigger bottle than the one Sam Wilson was going to drink out of. So you know he's an even gooder dude than Sam Wilson. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad Elon Musk didn't have a scene where he poured himself one milliliter <laughs> like, of... Like he put an eyedropper into a milk jug and brought out like one <laughs> droplet to dip on his tongue. <laughs> yes. 
So, but even though Eddie Brock is established as a good guy, he will also be established as a piece of shit. Oh yeah, this is not okay, Eddie. Because he accesses his girlfriend's com- his fiance's computer without permission. Right. He like figures out her login or like already knew her login. I forget how exactly. What happens. Right. I think he just knew. Yeah. And then he goes into her email where he finds a confidential document for a legal case they're working on, uh, defending Carlton Drake in court against like some real heinous claims. This is why you use faxes. Yeah, yeah. This is this is why maybe your lawyer shouldn't date an investigative reporter bent on bringing you down. Maybe don't tell him your password. Maybe don't tell him your password. Also, maybe, like, okay. Also, maybe Eddie, don't do it. I, I listen, I, I did not go to journalism school. I do not know the bounds of journalistic ethics. This is not an okay boundary to cross in a relationship. It is, yes, it is unethical on multiple layers. Yeah. So Elon Musk is giving a speech to some kids. Oh, he's right. talking about, you know, you will grow up to become great leaders and save the world just like me. Yeah. And a little girl <laughs> raises her hand to ask a question and the teacher's like, no, don't interrupt him. And no, it's not even the teacher. It's the kids. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. The other kids tell her to shush. <laughs> and, and Carl Drake says, no, no, no. Do not silence her. Questions are the way to the future or whatever. He does not actually let her ask the question. Right. <laughs> Which I love. Why are the other kids shushing her? Oh, I don't know. Because they just want to listen to to Elon Musk talk about space. But, like, she didn't interrupt him. No, she raised her hand politely. (laughs) But I just love that he gives this entire speech to her about how important it is that she be inquisitive. And, like, never actually lets her ask him the question. And just walks away. Right, it's a good character moment. Yeah, I like, you immediately know what a just piece of shit this dude is. So Eddie Brock comes in for his interview. Yes. And he very half-cockedly asks him, what about all the people who died in your experiments? It's like, what, what, like, why are you asking about, like, urban legend? He's like, well, what about that court case I snooped on my girlfriend about? And Elon and Musk just walks away, because of course he does. Yeah, what exactly is Eddie hoping to accomplish Yeah, here? like, okay. Other than the part where he, like, violates his girlfriend's privacy, I think this movie's done a good job of making you like Eddie Brock early on. But, like, this was fucking stupid. <laughs> if you're gonna right. do this, you gotta do it right, man. Yeah, it's not a good plan. No. You're supposed to be a good journalist. It's like, I think what you're supposed to take away from it is that this guy is largely untouchable and inaccessible, and this is going to be Eddie Brock's one shot, and he's got to have something to push him on, So, and he just kind of makes a desperation move, but it makes him look stupid. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make him look smart. Yeah, yeah. So Eddie Brock is escorted out of the building, and he talks to his boss. His boss is like, you're fired. Yeah, which... And he goes to his girlfriend, and she's fired, too. Right, yeah. He Carlton pulled some strings to get her fired, so now she dumps him, even though they were engaged to get married. I don't think Carlton even pulled some strings. I think the firm just found that, like, oh, the only way Eddie could have known about this is if he looked through your computer, so you failed to secure your computer, so you're fired. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, that's possible. I guess I took it as, like, oh, look at how much influence Carlton Drake has. Like, he picked up the phone off screen, and now this is happening to your girlfriend. But it could be his boss. His boss asks him, "Oh, what's your source?" And Eddie lies and says, "Oh, it's it's just a hunch." Right? Because he doesn't. His boss shoots him out. You can't fucking go in with just a hunch. Yeah, yeah. His boss like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" 
I, I, hmm. He probably wouldn't have gotten fired if Carlton didn't. He would have gotten shoot out, certainly. But yeah, Carlton having much money probably is what got him fired. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think because remember at the beginning, his boss was like, Carlton will buy our building and turn it into a parking lot if you don't like do this right. I think, I think his boss basically sacrificed Eddie to save the company at this point. Right. So his fiance is fired too, and also she breaks up with him because it's his fault. Yeah. Good job, Eddie. Yeah. No, he, this is what 100% a problem of his own making. Like, Carlton Drake is not a good man, and I appreciate that he wants to take him down, but he's a dumb shit. So Carlton Drake gets a delivery of the symbiotes. Right, yes. He's like, this is this is the next step in the evolution of humanity. Yeah. And this is, uh, is this where we get the scene with the scientist lady? That's a little bit later. Okay, okay. Next, we have the EMT lady right. walking through city, and she grabs an eel and just bites the yeah, head Yeah, it's off some, of like, it. open fish market. I don't know if they say what country this is. It looks like it's... I think it's Malaysia. Malaysia? Okay, yeah. Yeah, she just walks up to, like, a guy with, like, an eel stand and just picks an eel up and bites its head off, and then he gets mad at her, and so she murders him. Yeah, with the sword. Yeah. And then some guys come up to attack her, and she swords them, too, by shooting swords out of her body. Yeah, Riot's thing is that he's goopy like Venom, but he can turn the goop into blades. So then Riot walks up to uh, an elderly disabled lady and takes over her. Yeah. And heals and makes her stand up straight. Yes. Yeah. Do you know anything about Riot from the comic books? Because I did. I don't know anything about Riot. I like looked at his like Marvel wiki page after the movie because I'd never heard of him. And like I think in the comics he is like related to the Life Foundation, but it's something where like they abduct Eddie Brock and Venom and like use Venom to like make their own like Venom babies to try and do stuff like what they're doing in this movie. Oh. Yeah, so it, it's similar, but it's not quite the same. Hmm. Yeah. So they're doing the goop. They're letting they're loose doing the goop, the goop. On <laughs> Yeah, the goop is, is taking over the rabbit, and they're like, huh, why did it attach to this rabbit, but not the other rabbits? Yeah, and they start to figure out that it almost works like an organ transplant where you have to have a compatible host to let the symbiote infect, or it just destroys the host. And then Elon Musk says, well, we got one successful animal test. Let's move on to humans. Yeah, so the idea is that the, the reason that the symbiotes have to infect animals is that they can't uh, directly consume, like, Earth matter. Like, it doesn't fit with their, like, alien digestive system. And also, they can't breathe oxygen naturally. So in order to respirate, they have to take over an animal's lungs. And right. uh, Carlton Drake realizes that this is a two-way street and that uh, a, a an Earth animal infected with the symbiote should also be able to survive on the symbiote world. Yeah. So if you can create people-symbiote hybrids, you can create people that are way more suited to live in space. And we can colonize planet symbiote. Yes. So the scientist lady's like, it's way too early to move on to human trials. And Elon Musk says, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm evil? Right. I'm like the villain of this movie? He says like, hey, you know what? I don't like yellow caution signs in my factories because they look ugly. So how about you just shut the hell up and do what I tell you? I don't like fully understanding the biological process of this before moving on to humans. Yeah. I'm the villain. Right. Uh, and now we get what I think is a pretty good chunk of the movie, I think, uh, which is Eddie Brock. Like, just having his slow descent into schlubbiness. Right, where he becomes kind of a, a lovable loser boy. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's got nothing in the fridge. He's just, oh, everything just stinks. 
They need like a scene of him walking down the sidewalk and a car splashes him with water as it drives by. <laughs> That's about the only cliche this is missing. Right. He's he's friends with this homeless lady named Maria who hangs out in front of the shop. Yeah, yeah. And he, he pays her $20 for the newspaper. Right, right. Well, no. he So he goes to get a newspaper out of the box next to her and it's been emptied out. She's stolen all of them. And she tells him that uh, she'll give him one for five bucks. He's like, well, that's really expensive. And then she tells him, well, for just a dollar, she'll sing him a song. So then he says, how about I give you $10 or $20 or whatever, and you give and you don't sing a song, and you give me the paper for free. He's like, yeah, it's a cute little look. Yeah, it's like, you know, Eddie is a member of the community. Yeah, yeah. He has relationships with the people around Right, because then he goes into the convenience store, and he knows the cashier and the owner of the shop, and they have a little back and forth. Yeah, she says, Eddie, you look like shit. Yeah. He's like, what? She says, you look like fucking shit. Yeah. You need to do meditation. Yeah. And he's like, well, I've tried that. I bought that DVD from your cousin, but it's all in Mandarin and I don't understand any of it. So Eddie goes to get some Twinkies, but a guy walks in and starts mugging Mrs. Chang. Yes. And Eddie just kind of hides in the back. Yeah. Yeah. He can't do anything about it because he's not a super superhero. Yeah. The guy does have a gun. I mean, you know, it's it sucks. Uh, and then, like, as the guy's leaving, he comes out of hiding, and the lady just looks at him and goes, Life is pain, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so then he goes home, and he tries to meditate, like she told him to. And he gets... But he can't meditate, because the, the neighbor's playing the music too loud. Yeah, yeah. He's playing that loud rock and roll. Which, at this point, okay. Crystal, have you seen the film Catwoman? I have not. I have. This movie is much better than Catwoman, but it feels... This is where it started to make me realize it feels like a, a superhero movie from that era where it's like, man, I don't know. We don't have, like, the rights to the people anyone give a shit about, but, like, we have some comic characters. Can we cobble together some bullshit story with them, maybe? Like, it just has a... It's got a very mid-2000s feel to me that I like. Yeah, I'd say so. It's, uh... I think the script's pretty solid. Because Catwoman also has a bit where there's neighbors playing the music too loud, and she can't do anything about it until she gets superpowers. Yeah. Doesn't the mask also have something like that? Yeah. It's <laughs> just a common it's trope. It's a common trope, yeah. <laughs> this movie has a a relatively low budget of only $100 million. Yeah, yeah. Which even the, the first MCU movie started with more than that. Right. So yeah, Eddie's, Eddie's spending six months looking for jobs, but no one's hiring him. Yeah, and you can see it like sort of slowly go down. Like it starts, he's trying to find like other journalistic jobs, and then he's like trying to apply to be a dishwasher, and it's just not happening for him. Yeah, the bills are coming overdue, and San Francisco, so it's many dollars. Yes. And then uh, he, it, I think we get a cut back to Carlton Drake's lab at some point here, right? Right, where a, a man, Isaac. Yes. Oh my is, God. Is being <laughs> experimented on. And he's rather apprehensive about being eaten by an alien. Right. So yeah, Elon Musk puts him in a chamber and the symbiote is in there in its little capsule. And uh, I like how we're just calling him Elon Musk and Carlton Drake interchangeably. It's the same thing. Uh, right. Drake comes up to the glass and tells him this fucking whole spiel about like the biblical Isaac and like the story of the binding of Isaac and how the real hero of that story isn't Abraham. It's Isaac who was willing to let himself be sacrificed for the greater good and the future of humanity. And, you know, I don't know if, 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 if God is here or whatever, but what I do know, Isaac, is that, you know, the, what you're due for us today will be always remembered. Anyway, let the fucking goop monster read him. And then the goop monster reads him. How many speeches do you think he has prepared for different names? Oh, so many. 
He has it over, like, he puts his hand on the glass and, like, has Isaac put his hand on the glass to match it. <laughs> it is, yes. he is so good at, like, turning on this fake, completely hollow empathy that yes. immediately just drops away like a curtain when it's no longer useful. I love this bad guy. Isaac's not a good host, so he gets eight. Yeah. And there's like, all right, bring in the next asshole. And the, the scientist lady, whose name neither of us remember. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> she she seems visibly disturbed by all of this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then it cuts back Dor- to Dora Skirth. Dora Skirth, right? Skirth. Yes, that is her name. Uh, it cuts back to Eddie going to the convenience store. Uh, that homeless lady isn't there anymore. Oh no, oh, no. He keeps looking back over his shoulder like he's being followed or something. Yeah, yeah. And like while he's just picking something out in the convenience store, he starts giving a speech about how like as an investigative journalist, he's got to learn how to blend in and you know follow people sometimes. Right. He's like he's just speaking aloud to the whole store like i'm i'm part of a, a secret brotherhood of <laughs> assassins and one of the tenets of our creed is to hide in plain sight <laughs> which uh you know i'm very good at and employ in my profession as an investigative journalist yeah but you you're not good at it because you're just the scientist right and then on the other side of the aisle we see that dr skirth is there and uh she wants to talk to him about carlton drake and how he's doing some real shady shit and then he's like, yeah, I know. I tried to do something about this and it wasn't. Granted, it was a bad idea, but it worked out real bad. And now I don't want anything to do with it. So leave me alone. I'm tired of saving the world. And she's like, yeah, but he's like kidnapping homeless people and feeding them to goop monsters. He's like, nope, I don't care. Bye. So at this point, we're about a third of the way through the movie. And it's just like been a, a non-superhero movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they spent a lot of time in this movie without any action or superhero stuff so that when it does happen it actually kind of feels significant i i complain a lot on this show about there being like too much action and just turning into like explosion fests that make me bored i actually like the action in this movie and i think you're right that part of it is that it's a little more sparingly used than it is in marvel movies uh because yeah right you you almost forget that you're that this is going to be a venom movie yeah yeah um so Eddie uh stalks his fiance. Oh right, I forgot about this part. <laughs> and waits outside of her house. Right, and she pulls up with her new boyfriend. Who's basically the same character as the new boyfriend from The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yes, yes he is. Like he's he's just he's just trying to be a good guy. Yes. I like we're, we're we'll get into it. I like that he's just a decent dude who's trying to be nice to Eddie. Yeah. He's not like the asshole new boyfriend. Uh but uh yeah, they they talk. Dan, the surgeon, goes inside. He's yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to let you two catch up. Yeah. And uh, we should say, uh, I think Eddie's girlfriend name is Anne. I think that's it. Yes, yeah. Annie. Yeah, because every time they said Annie, I was like, wait, did they say Annie or Annie? But Anne <laughs> asks him what he's doing there. And, and he just completely breaks. He's like, I just missed you a lot and wanted to see you. And I'm sorry. And I'm a weirdo. And I'll go now. Can we get back together, please? Yeah, please. And he's like, okay, let me be very clear about this. We are not going to get back together. Yeah. I, I'm dating Dan now exclusively. And I like him. So please don't be worried about this. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Eddie goes home and uh, he calls up Dr. Skirth because he's ready now. He, you know, he's got nothing to live for because his girlfriend won't take him back because of course she won't, you weirdo. And uh, yeah, she sneaks him into the Carlton Drake lab, which is like this gigantic facility on the side of a hill that you can like see from the Golden Gate bridge uh-huh yeah uh and yeah she sneaks him in and gets him to like the lab and then she, only he can go in because she's got to like cover for him or something 
Yeah, and she explains that they've been doing tests on alien symbiotes. Yeah, and this is also where she explains the, like, basic goal of the Life Foundation. Because I think on, like, their public face is that, oh, they're, like, exploring space to learn, like, things and, you know, cure human diseases and stuff. And she explains the real goal of the Life Foundation is to scout other worlds to find a place that all the rich people can go colonize once climate change makes the world uninhabitable. And also overpopulation, she mentions. She does mention overpopulation. And Eddie is incredulous at the idea of there being aliens, yes. which means this must be set before the Avengers. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> sure. <Yes. laughs> if, if we are to fit this in the MCU. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But he goes in the hidden lab, and he starts taking pictures of all the sketchy stuff that's going on down there. Mm. But then his friend Maria starts banging on the glass in one of the rooms. Right, yeah. She's like, please get me out. This sucks. Yes. And Eddie lets her out, and she then violently attacks him, because she's all gooped up inside. Yeah, she's been venomed. Yeah. And the venom transfers to Eddie Brock. Yes. And that sets off a whole bunch of alarms. Right, there's a good bit where, like, she's like, let me out. And he's like, oh, I don't know how to work the door. And he just kind of mashes the keypad for just random keys. He has keys. a good delivery on, like, I, I don't know how. I, I don't know how to do this. And then just beep, boop, beep, boop. And then an alarm goes off. <laughs> I just yeah, love it. He just starts just sausage fingering the keypad without any idea of how to work it. Right, then he breaks open the glass with the fire extinguisher. Yeah, uh, yeah, and so a whole bunch of guards come rushing in, but he's all venomed now and does a cool bunch of venom stunts to escape. Yeah, he uses the parkour in his training as a hashashin. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, he just runs home, right? Yeah, yeah. He runs through the forest, but he he escapes the guys because he's venomed and he can jump high and hide in the trees. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he has a whole thing where he like hides at the top of a tree for a while. He comes home. He's like he looks just feverish and like he hasn't slept in eight days. He's starving. He like runs to his fridge and just just dumps a bag of frozen tater tots into his mouth. <laughs> yeah, he takes some chicken out of the trash. <laughs> And picks whatever just some meat is left on the old chicken bones and starts munching up. I yeah. love this movie. It's it's good. And then because he ate a bunch of gross old chicken, he runs to the bathroom and throws up. Yeah. <laughs> but then Luke, he starts hearing voices. Yeah. Venom appears for a second in the mirror. Right. Right. Yeah. And then what happens next? I don't quite remember. Well, they're looking over Maria's body over at the Life Foundation. Mm-hmm. They're talking about how someone broke in. Right. They got they to find this guy because he took the venom. Yeah. But also they're going to start the, the, they're checking on their other patient who also has a symbiote in him. And it seems like he has stabilized and bonded fully right. with the symbiote. Yes. So Eddie wakes up from his little coma in the bathroom. Yes. Right. He starts calling Annie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Right. Please help me. And also the lady in Malaysia is at the airport and she's going to possess a little girl in the bathroom who's going to America. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and then does so, Eddie, is this where Eddie goes to the restaurant? Yeah, he can't, he can't reach Annie, so he goes to the restaurant where they're at. <laughs> this scene is incredible. It's a really good scene. <laughs> so he, he's just, he's like disheveled, 
and <laughs> sweaty and gross and he just barges in and starts showing her pictures on his phone of the lab right and he's just just grabbing some food f- that the waiters carry right like it's, it's a lobster restaurant so he's got this fully like like delicious looking boiled lobster and he just rips it off the plate and bites its head off and then in like kind of a venom voice goes this is dead <laughs> this is dead dead and just like yeah every now and then like while they're having this conversation he can't help himself but just attack some other diner's plate of food yeah he keeps stealing food off of people's plate but it's not good enough because it's dead right and then he starts to feel and like he, he has a fever so he goes and jumps into the lobster tank he he looks at dan for a second and like starts rubbing his hands on his face it's like ah no this isn't gonna do yeah yeah so yeah he takes a bath in the tank and he grabs a live lobster <laughs> and just munches his head off <laughs> Uh, Dan convinces the restaurant not to call the police because uh, Eddie's a patient of his and he is just delirious with fever and needs medical attention. Yes, he plainly needs medical attention. Don't call the cops on this. No, don't. Yeah. But again, like Dan's just a good dude. Yeah. Dan wants to help this poor guy who's very clearly going through some shit. Yeah. Uh, So Eddie gets put in an MRI machine. Right, and that does not go well. Because the Venom doesn't like the MRI waves. Yes. Uh, He has like, uh, it looks like he's having a seizure in the MRI machine. Uh, But somehow, even though he's moving so much, they managed to get a usable MRI out of it. I think it's at some point, I don't remember when, you see like his body scan and there's just a big black splotch in his like chest cavity. Yeah. Uh, Dan talks to talks to Eddie and is like, uh, you seem okay enough. You can leave if you want. Yeah. And he has a conversation with another lady in the hallway right. who has a dog who's barking at Eddie. Yes. And he's like, you can't, this, you can't have a dog. This in a hospital? hospital? Lady, this a hospital. Please no dog. <laughs> you can't have a dog in here. Please. <laughs> I think his line is like, I love the dog. Can't have the dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so like So back to the Life Foundation. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. They they found out that Dr. Uh, Dr. Skirth? Dr. Skirth was the one who let Eddie Right, because I assume they have, like, surveillance cameras. Right, they checked your computer. Yeah, it just seems like this was maybe not the most well-thought-out plan on her part either. None of the good guys in this movie are all that smart. No. Like, yeah, they have cameras, but they probably have a camera on that door that he went through. Yes. Uh, so they're they're checking on the other patient, and his organs are failing now. Yeah, it looks like they're getting ate up. Yes, by the by the symbiote. Right, and they don't quite get why. It seemed like this one was was a good one. They don't understand that you have to give it food. <laughs> well, I don't know if it was. Uh, I mean, maybe it was that they didn't understand that. I thought the idea was that like the symbiote, even though it bonded with this guy, like it's not interested in helping Carlton Drake, so it's just going to eat the dude. He doesn't give a shit. Right. Uh, but yeah, so then it goes back to eddie's apartment right uh, it goes back to eddie on the subway oh okay i don't remember this scene he's just kind of like freaking out on the subway and venom is talking to him venom says hungry oh right yeah yeah and he like makes him stand up and everyone's just like you're a weirdo no annie calls him and she's like hey how you doing you seem really bad but i know dan let you go yeah he's like uh yeah I'm, I'm, I'm fine as he is freaking out in his apartment right and he mentions he's having auditory hallucinations and dan's like that's normal yeah cause- which is that normal uh, Dan says, like, he's got some kind of parasite, and it might be having an effect on his brain, which seems like a situation that you wouldn't let someone leave the hospital then. Right. That doesn't seem like... If you have a brain parasite, that seems like, mm, maybe you gotta stay in the hospital. I'm not a physician. No! But if you have a parasite that's causing you auditory hallucinations, maybe you should be in the hospital. Yeah, maybe. 
right in Gary. Yeah, but uh, the guy, the neighbor, starts playing loud music, and the symbiote really doesn't like. Yes. Uh, so yeah, he hangs up on them and goes, and he like asks the guy to please turn the music down. And the guy's like, no. And then his face gets all venomy, and the guy freaks out. Yeah, yeah. Venom, Venom's helping him out. Yeah, you know, and also helping itself out. But yeah, you know. yeah. yeah. Uh, and he goes back in his apartment, and Venom just is like, don't answer the door. And then there's a knock at the door, which I don't know if they ever get into Venom's one use of precognitive abilities here. I think you can just hear them. Oh, that would make sense, I guess, if he's like sensitive to yeah. sounds. Yeah. All right, that works. This is after Doris Girth was had a little conversation with Elon Musk, mm-hmm. and he browbeat her into into letting him know who who took the symbiote. Right, and then forced her to become the next test sub. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So she's gone. So there's a little mercenary guy who's the secondary villain of this film. What's his Oh, name? I do not remember at all. <laughs> Roland Treese. Okay, sure. You could have said literally anything. I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that guy. Yeah, Roland Treese. Mm-hmm. And his boys start pointing guns at Eddie. He's like, where's the bug, Eddie? Right. And Eddie just puts his hands up. He's surrendering. And Venom's like, what are you doing, nerd? This isn't cool. You're making us look bad. And Eddie's like, no, no, I'm not. And uh, Venom takes control of his body and starts gooping out and beats the shit out of these guys. Yeah, they have a little goop fight. Yeah. And Eddie starts running through the hallway and does some goop swinging to run into fall through the window the next Yeah, okay, yeah, he does goop swinging here. That's true, yeah. Yeah, and he goes in. Where some boys are playing Xbox. Right. <laughs> Yeah, just bursts into their apartment, keeps running. Uh, is this where, like, the big car chase happens? Oh, right, no, he goes out into the alley, and, like, Venom's like, hey, hey, look in the car window over here. And he sees, like, Venom reflected in it. Right. Because Venom's not, like, full-on, we have not seen Venom yet. He's just kind of doing little bursts of goop out of Eddie so far. Right, so then he pins Eddie to the wall and explains, like, listen, I'm in control here. Yeah. I'm going to use your body. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a good deal, huh? Yeah. And, like, okay, if you are if you cooperate, I might not kill you. Uh, so, yeah, Eddie gets on his motorcycle, and, yeah, this is the cool big car chase, right? Huh? Isn't this where, like, the cool big car chase happens? Yeah, yeah. the motorcycle yeah, chase. Yeah, yeah. Also, Venom does not like being called a parasite. No, he doesn't. It's rude. Yeah. That's what makes him pin Eddie to the wall in the first place. Yeah, and Elon Musk is, uh, is watching this whole thing from the mercenaries, like, like video feed yeah he we see a few times he's got these like drones these like quadcopters that he sends out yeah armed drones just flying through the yeah, city that's fine it's san francisco what do you want that's true this san francisco <laughs> he's like oh man this is amazing we've never seen it, it bond to a person like this before right. uh yeah so they're chasing eddie through the city with these you know big uh black suvs while he's on his motorcycle and uh venom's doing a bunch of cool venom stunts to help him outrun them there's a real cool shot or like he's got to take a turn that's way too tight, and like he goes horizontal, but Venom like spreads out to like pad him so he can just slide along the street. It's very cool looking. Yeah, it's a good shot. Yeah, the shot where he goes very fast up a hill. Yeah, so then he loses control of the motorcycle, but then he's in the air. Yeah. Then Venom grabs the motorcycle with his goop tendrils. Yes. So Eddie can get back on. Yeah, it, it's all very cool looking. Uh, there's cars flipping over everywhere, exploding. Just everything's blowing up. But it's, I don't know, I like it in this one. I, it's, yeah, okay. <laughs> I would have a hard time explaining why, because I'm not like a cinematographer person. But I like the action in this movie way more than I do in, say, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Eddie gets like squished between two of the SUVs, but then Venom grabs the drivers and makes them spin out and hit a bunch of cars that are parked on the sides of the road. Yeah. Yeah. And he looks back and is like, you know, that, that, that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. But then he gets hit by the main guy's SUV. Right. And his body is just like bloody and broken on the ground. His legs are bending the wrong way. It's gross. Uh, it's not no. good. But then Venom, look, yeah. he fixes Eddie's Yeah, legs. he heals him up. 
and he starts completely covering his body. Yeah. And makes him stand up. Yep. And gets a face over his face uh-huh. where the teeth like wrap around his yeah, head. Yeah, it's a cool looking effect. It's a good looking yeah. Venom. And I think I think this is when he first says, I am Venom. Hmm? Uh, and then uh, he just bites this guy's head off. No, he doesn't bite this guy's head off. He wants to. He bites someone's head off in this bit. He bites the, the, the cop. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he licks his big old tongue all over Roland Treese's face. <laughs> right, yes. Wait, how does Roland get away then? He just throws him to the side as he bites his cop's head. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. And then he just kind of goes storming off, right? Yeah, he does some some big old Hulk-like storming yeah. into the ocean. Yes. And he washes up in a little lighthouse area. Mm-hmm. And then Eddie Brock sits down to try to process everything that just happened and the fact that his legs aren't broken anymore. Right. And then Venom, <laughs> Venom turns into a little snake that's coming out of Eddie's ass. Yeah, it, you just see it coming like from behind him. It's not really clear where, but yes. <laughs> He's like a little snake. He looks like uh, the the worms from Dark Souls. Oh, yeah, he kind of does. You're right. <laughs> and much like those great old serpents, he off, he gives Eddie promises of power and, and, you know. Yeah, he says, I am Venom. Yeah. You are my vehicle. Yeah. I'll keep you alive if you just let me do what I say. You just let me do what I want. Right. And Venom uh, tells him, like, I'm in your head, Eddie. I can. I know everything about you. You're kind of a loser. Venom is also voiced by Tom. I kind Hardy. of assumed he was. It's if one of my biggest complaints about this movie is they put so much like uh, audio processing on Venom's voice that sometimes it's a little hard to understand what he's saying. Yeah, like there's a few lines where I'm like, wait, what? What is it? What now? But uh, yeah. So riots in the little girl now who's in San Francisco. Yes. So he's he's in play in the city. Right. And Annie gets a call from Dan who says like, listen, uh, Eddie's organs are failing. Yeah, like this is actually really really bad. Definitely should have should not have sent him home. So you yeah. know maybe you can try and find him for me, please. And uh, and now uh, Doctor Girth Skirth. <laughs> Has also died from the symbiote, right? Just like the other patients. So there's only two symbiotes left: Venom and Riot. Right, because they, uh, the the other symbiotes have actually died uh, because the lab techs or security people or whatever like weren't doing a good enough job taking care of them. Yeah, they didn't feed them. Right. Just give him like a cow. Yeah. <laughs> get a cow in right. there. Um, Annie is trying to get a hold of Eddie, uh, and she finally manages to while he is outside the building of the uh, news company he used to work for. And he's explaining to her that, like, it is not safe to be near him right now. She cannot come meet him. He cannot go to the hospital. It would be a bad idea for everybody. She needs to just, like, like let it be. It's not good. Listen, just, just just, don't. He tries to walk in through the front door and get in through the doorman, who he had, like, fun banter with earlier. In yeah, the yeah, yeah. And Venom was like, let's just eat his head off. He's like, no, he's my friend. Right, and he's like, wait, who's your friend? No, don't worry about it, man. Anyway, can I go up, please? Yes? And I was like, if you want to go up, uh, you know, we have superpowers. You know, now. this doorman has some real shitty hours because he's there early in the morning, early in the movie. And now he's here in like the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> this doorman needs to get to go home more often. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, then I'm just like, no, idiot. Here, come on. And he just like makes him climb the outside of the building. He climbs all the way to the top where he has a nice little peace- peaceful moment. He's like, you know what? This planet isn't so bad. Yeah. Too bad. It's gonna end. And then he's just huh? like, wait, wait, sorry, what? Excuse me? And I was like, don't worry about it, man. It's fine. It's cool. So a helicopter flies past. And Venom doesn't like noise, right. so he retreats back into Eddie's body, and he starts sliding all the way down the building. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And unlike the founder of his order, Bayek of Siwa, he was not trained to safely slide down pyramids. <laughs> <I> hate you. <laughs> huh? Uh, but yeah, Venom recovers, 
And yeah, explains it. Yeah, noises, no good. Fire, also bad. Yeah, yeah. I like how he just throws it as an after, like, oh yeah, also fire, that's no good. You know what humans have a weakness to also? Uh, uh, fire. Yeah, yeah fire. I think most, uh, life does. And it does, but you know, I mean, listen, this is a weird giant goop monster. I think it's fair that they specify that fire is no good on him. So Eddie drops some evidence onto his boss's desk. Right. And he leaves a note saying, do the right thing, shit. Yeah, yeah. After, like, trashing the office to get in, because he, like, smashed the window, the desk gets broken. So then Venom dares Eddie to just jump out the window, and he's like, no, thank you. I'll just take the elevator. And Venom calls him a pussy. That does happen, yeah. Uh, And then Annie, like, when they were on the phone, and Annie heard Eddie argue with the doorman, so she knows where he is, so she goes to meet him. And uh, they have a little confrontation outside, she wants him to get in the car and go to the hospital with him. And he's like, no, it's not safe. I got a crazy goop monster. No. And Venom's just like, no, wait, dude, let's go. This sounds great. And he's just like, ugh, fine. And Venom starts fighting all the cops. The bullets don't work on him because he's a good Oh, monster. right. I forgot about this whole fight scene with the cops. Yeah. What? That's all. That's this is before any of what I just said. Right. Yeah, he beats up a bunch of cops. But Eddie doesn't let him eat the cops' head. Right. No eating cops' yeah, heads. Yeah. Uh, and then Annie shows up and the things I said happen. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Eddie's just like in the back of her car. It's just kind of stressed out. Not having a good day. Bad yeah. day. And uh, Annie's just... Like, Annie's starting to figure out, like, a little bit about how Venom works. She understands that he's talking to him inside. And uh, Eddie's just like, yeah, just, it's not. Uh, it's a bad time. And Venom, Venom likes Annie. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, I like her. So they go to the yeah. hospital. And Venom does not want another MRI. No. And even though Dan explains to Eddie, like, listen, Venom's eating your organs. Venom's like, no, I'm not. No, dude, it's cool, really. He's just like, he's just like don't worry, I can fix it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. D- like, just give me some food. Right, yeah. I want to eat your organs, just give me some food. I'm sorry, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Venom, uh, I think at some point during all this, like, Venom has mentioned that he's starting to like Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's using the term we. Yeah, yeah. But now he uses the term I. Right. Uh, and, yeah, so Eddie's, like, getting concerned that Venom is killing him. Annie turns on the MRI machine, and uh, the waves from it, like, make Venom violently leave Eddie's body. And they lock him in the MRI room. Uh, and then Eddie just kind of wanders off. I don't remember why, but he's just not happy and leaves. Yeah. Uh, even though they mentioned, like, his heart is atrophied, which seems bad. It's not good for your body. Yeah, yeah. And then, well, like, Dan and Annie are fighting about whether to go get him. Uh, Venom just slips through the ventilation duct of the MRI room. Because it's not, like, a prison cell. Right. It's it's not an inescapable room. They're like, ah, dang it. And he possesses the doggo. Yeah, me. he gets that dog, which I guess never left the hospital. Uh, right. And meanwhile, the uh, the hitmen show up to get uh, Eddie. They tase yeah, him. Yeah, and uh, they take him out of the hospital, and Annie sees the dog walking around. And is like, that's a weird dog. And uh, mm. that's all we see of her for now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does it just cut straight to uh, Eddie? Oh, no, it's Eddie in, like, uh, the lab, right? Getting interrogated. Yeah, uh, he's getting interrogated by the hitman guy and isn't giving him anything. And then Carlton Drake comes in mm-hmm. and like wants to know where uh, Venom is, and Eddie won't tell him. And this is where we find—is this where we find out that Carlton is is rioted up? 
I don't think Carlton is. Yes, he has. Been yeah, I guess we now. we I guess we walked over the scene where like that little girl just walked into the lab, and uh, yeah, it turns out that Riot is now inside Carlton Drake. Yeah, he turns into Riot as he is interrogating it. Right, because when he's talking to uh, was it Roland? Is that the hitman's name? Yeah, uh-huh. when he's talking to him. He's like, "Listen, I've had to walk around with one of those things shoved up my ass all night." <laughs> <laughs> and then Carlton walks in and does the right thing. He's like, oh, damn it. He's got one of them shoved up his ass. This is the ugliest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I love Tom Hardy. He's a good actor. Yeah. He does many good voices. Yeah. You remember Bane? I do remember Bane. From the best Batman film? I don't film? really like that movie, but God, I love him in it. Batman. Anyway. Batman. <laughs> 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 We should just stop doing main impressions, probably. Listen, maybe we'll do a, a, a Dark Knight Rises bonus episode. We can do all the Bane impressions we want. We can just take in this voice for the whole episode. We could, but I feel like that would be deeply obnoxious. <laughs> all right, we need to stop. Uh... So Riot starts talking to to Elon Musk, and he does the whole. He he's more like the Dark Stalker cat, right? Yes, one hundred percent. Rather than the King Maker Frank, uh, King Se- Seeker Frank, King Seeker. Yes. yes. Hey, go play Dark Souls, and then watch a bunch of videos explaining what the fuck the story of Dark Souls is. If you want to understand this podcast about the movie Venom, so it becomes clear that Riot's plan is to use the spaceship that the Life Foundation has to go collect the rest of the symbiotes yeah. and bring them to Earth so they can eat everyone. Yes, and Drake's, Drake's fine with it. Well, yeah. You know, he's, it's the next evolution of humanity. Right, yeah. He, I, I guess, I, I, I don't remember if they say this, but I guess Drake's thinking is that, like, you know, there'll be a chosen few that just get bonded like he is, and that'll be fine. That's enough. Right, as long as he's Right, fine. exactly. That's what it comes down to. Um, Eddie gets taken to the woods to be executed. Right, so like marching him out into the woods to kill him. And uh, Eddie's just like, hey, yeah, I don't really care. I'm going to die soon anyway because of Venom. Venom got me. <laughs> and uh, he starts to notice that the, the hitmen are slowly getting picked off from behind and uh, just kind of keeps talking to keep them distracted. And eventually uh, Venom, now having like possessed Annie, but is like totally covering her and is all Venomed up, but like a sexy lady Venom. Right, the she-Venom. <laughs> I just love that because he's possessing a woman, he turns into, like, a big, sexy goop lady. Right. And the she-venom bites off Roland's yes. head. Yes. And then... And then she se- sexually saunters over to Eddie oh, you can and sticks her big, long, slimy tongue all the way down his they throat. They have such an intense makeout scene. And as they do, the venom goop slowly sloughs off of Annie and transfers over to Eddie. It is... The most buck wild kiss I have ever seen in any movie ever. <laughs> it is very erotic. <laughs> Someone that made this movie is really into like goo girls. Oh, they know their audience. They sure do, don't they? Oh, it is incredible. Uh, but yeah, now Eddie's got the venom back, and Annie has like gained control of her body again. She's like, "Oh God, I bit a guy's head off!" And Eddie's just like, "Yeah, you kind of get used to it after a while." <laughs> so Venom makes Eddie walk away from Annie because Annie Annie doesn't get to be part of the plan because she's a girl. Right? Yeah, she's a dumb girl, and girls can't fight. So, so Venom starts explaining to Eddie, like, "Listen, riots 
what we call Riot was our team leader. Yes. And the, our mission was to take over the earth and eat everybody. Right. And, and he's just like, well, that, that sucks. And Venom's like, yeah, but I've changed my mind now. I want to stay on this world. And uh, right, Venom explains that back on his home planet, he was kind of a loser. Just like Eddie. But here they can be cool guys together. Right, right. And like Eddie's like, what made you change your mind? Why do you want to be here now? And Venom just goes, you did, Eddie. Aww. <laughs> it's adorable. They love each other. I will say I've seen this complaint online and I do agree with it. It does feel like there is maybe 15 minutes missing here that like make Venom's change of heart a little more like it feels a little abrupt, but like. It's fine, but I can definitely see them fleshing it out a little more. It's definitely a smidge quickly yeah, done. Yeah, Like, I, listen, if they want to put out Venom Director's Cut someday, I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, and then they pretty much just go to the launch site, right? This all escalates very quickly. Yeah, there's like 10 minutes left in the movie at this point. Yeah, okay, yeah. The, the whole, like, final act of this movie does go by a little fast. Riot's gonna go on the spaceship and go pick up the other symbiotes. And some of the some of the people working at the Life Foundation are like, no, I prefer not to, and try to sabotage a project. So he slices him yeah. with his goo axe. Yeah, he like just takes two giant goo axes and slices off everyone's heads at once, and it rules. Yeah, <laughs> it like destroys every computer in the control room. Uh, Venom explains to Eddie, you know, there's basically a zero percent chance we can actually take down Riot because he's way stronger than me. Yeah. But let's be superheroes. Yeah, and Venom's like, you're gonna see some shit, man. You don't even know. I'm like, that's not me paraphrasing. That's how Venom talks in this movie, and I love it. Ven- I love Venom's personality. Uh, uh, friend of the show, AJ, who's done honorary grading for us, uh, mentioned to me that a lot of Venom's dialogue in this movie is, like, straight from old 90s comic books of Venom. That's awesome. Which is great. <laughs> yeah, the, the main inspiration from this movie was the quote from the comics... I am the symbiote. You are Eddie Brock. Together, we are Venom. Ah. Which is a good, good little, good little thing. Sure, sure, sure. So Venom and Riot have a big goo fight. Right. They have a big old goo fight. Uh, at one point, like Venom is like putting him in a full Nelson or something, and Riot like makes a bunch of like steel rebar come out of his back to stab Venom with. Venom, Riot like forcefully rips Venom off of Eddie Brock. Yeah. And then they like their goo. They both turn into big goo spheres, and like Riot consumes Venom. Yeah, yeah, but then he, like, bursts out of him again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's one shot in particular during this where it, like, almost freeze frames and, like, rotates around them as, like, Carlton and Eddie are just, like, completely, like, all webbed up in goop as there's just this giant, like, wave of goop around them. And it is just the wildest shot. It's very fetishy. <laughs> it is very fetishy, yeah. But you have to sense that, like, the humans in this fight are completely just vessels. Oh, 100%. They have no yeah. control over anything that's happening. Right, right. Like, the, the symbiotes need the humans to, like, take on their, like, more powerful forms. And that's it. Uh, at some point, like, they get all, like, gooped together and Annie shows up because she is going to help even though she's a girl and turns on like a siren that hurts the symbiotes and like makes them split apart. Yeah, they're split apart like as they're climbing the rocket and then they both fall down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then it's just Eddie and Drake at the ramp to the rocket. And, and Eddie's a better, far- a better fighter because he's a real street smart investigative journalist. Right. So he shoves Drake off of... Uh, this launch pad is nuts. <laughs> he, yes. It's like a Sonic the Hedgehog level. Uh, he, <laughs> right. he shoves Drake off of like the edge of the ramp into the river below and he thinks he's won and like turns around 
but Riot was like underneath of it and like grabbed him, and they come up and like impale Eddie through the chest. Yeah, Eddie's dead. Yeah, Eddie like dies. Yeah, he he's 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 passed on to the next world. Yeah, yeah. But luckily, but Venom yeah. slowly crawls up to him. Yeah, oh, buddy, I got you. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, the rocket takes off with Venom clinging on to the side of the rocket. And, like, Riot looks out and, uh... I forget what Venom... Venom has, like, a, a line to him. that It's, like, a repeat of a line from earlier in the movie, but I don't remember what it is. Have a nice life. Right, right. Oh, right, and that's what Drake said to Eddie when he fired him. Or when he got him fired. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, and Venom, like, rips one of the rockets off of the ship, and it just causes the whole thing to, like, crash and explode. He has, like, a big spear, and he stabs the ship and uses gravity to pull himself down, yeah. creating a big hole in yeah, it, yeah, and yeah. then it explodes. Right. It, rocket ships, Luke, they're very loud. Yeah. That, that doesn't seem to be an issue. The fire Well, is they do mention solid. that it has to be within a cer- certain frequency. It's not just any loud noise. I, you know... Yeah, you know, listen, it's it's whatever they need for the scene. Like, if you were here, you, you would you would lose your hearing. Right, right. But it's not just loud noises. It's loud noises in a certain frequency. But I feel like it, it's going to, there's some's going to reach that pitch. Probably. Again, yeah, it's it's whatever's narratively. Can anyway, Eddie falls into the water and it seems like the symbiote is all burnt up. He yells like, Venom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Venom just saved his life, Luke. He did. They're, they're like Chewbacca and Han Solo now. <laughs> they sure are. Uh, but yeah, uh, the world is saved. Everything's good now. And it just cuts to like a little while later, Annie and Eddie. Eddie and Annie just sitting on the stoop. Yeah, you know, he, he's up. just stooping it. Yeah. Uh, and Annie comes to talk to him and they like talk about, oh, what a crazy time all that was. And uh, I'm sorry, Venom died. Yeah, yeah, that really stinks. Um, and Eddie like mentions that, oh, he's he's doing reporting again. He's got like this really great interview lined up, but he can't tell her what it is because, you know, he can't he can't uh, spoil what's going to hit the papers. And uh, yeah, well, you'll see it. Like at some point, he starts to talk about their relationship, and she's like, "Listen, you know, I mean, I'm I'm with Dan now, you know." And uh, we just hear Venom's like voice, and Eddie said, "What a fool! She doesn't even realize we're going to win her back." <laughs> like, right? That's the reveal that Venom is actually secretly alive, yes. and they're secret bonded now. So Annie doesn't know. Right? But like the way they introduce this conversation is Eddie's like, "Hey, do you want to talk about the time you stuck your ten foot tongue down my throat?" Right? He's like, "That seems like like yesterday something." That, that seems like a conversation should be had about that, maybe. Yeah. And she's like, no. Oh, right. She's <laughs> right. She mentions, well, listen, that was that was Venom's idea. It probably was. I think it actually was. Like, the movie plays it like, no, she wanted to smooch him, and Venom just, like, gave her the ability to. But no, I think Venom wanted to kiss Eddie. Yes, I think that is what's happening. <laughs> I think Venom wants I the think... three of them to be, like, all one happy relationship. Yeah, that is explicitly what he yes. wants. That's what he says. Yeah, he no, wants. 100%. Venom is polyamorous. So they walk away, and as Eddie's walking away, he has a little conversation with Stanley. Stanley just walks in and, like, says, like, you did a good job, Eddie. Be true to your heart. Both of you. And, like, Stanley has the second sight and can see Venom inside of him. Well, he's got a good dog. Like, he's... This is the most textual support you've ever gotten for the theory that Stanley is a watcher. I just, I like Stanley's little dog because he's, like, not... It seems like he should be, like, waiting by his side, uh, but he's not following the directions right. right. So they just keep filming as he's, like, sniffing on something on the street. Yeah. It's a good dog. Yeah, it's a good dog. Uh, so Venom and Eddie head back into the convenience store from earlier on in the movie. Right, as they're walking, Eddie has a conversation. Oh, right, yeah. Like, listen, listen, 
I'm fine with you sticking around. We need to have some rules about the whole eating people. Right. He's like, there's good people and bad people, and you cannot eat good people. Uh, and he's like, listen, we're we're gonna like do some good in the world. We're gonna help good people. We're gonna beat up bad people. And okay, listen, maybe sometimes if they're really bad people, we can have a conversation about whether you can eat. And them. then Venom's like, but how do I tell the difference between good people and bad people? Yeah. And then he's just like, you'll, and then Eddie you'll get bumps a sense. into Cheaty from the Good Place. <laughs> Yeah, and he's just like, listen, you'll you'll get a sense for it as you go along. Just, you know, follow my lead with it. And then Venom tells him that he's hungry, uh, and if he doesn't feed him, he's going to devour his liver. So they walk in the convenience store. But he asks Venom what he wants to eat, and Venom's like, tater tots. And chocolate. Yeah. I'm so adorable. I love Venom. So yeah, they go into the convenience store, and as they're, like, picking up some tots, uh, the mugger comes back. Oh. oh, no. But hey, this time, Eddie's got superpowers. And he goes up to this guy and Venom's out and uh, gives the monologue from the trailer where he's like, Listen, if I ever see you prey on an innocent person again, if I ever see you in this city harming anyone, I'll eat both of your arms and then your face. And you'll be left in this world, this faceless, harmless thing, like a turd in the wind. And then he goes, on second thought, and just eats this man directly in front of the nice convenience store lady. Eats him whole. Just devours him, and then turns back into Eddie. And right, he, like, partially reveals Eddie's face. Oh, right, so yeah, they yeah. say together, yeah. we are Venom. And the convenience store lady is like, Eddie? She is surprised, but not, like, one-tenth as surprised as she should be. Well, you ever live in San Francisco? <laughs> I guess I haven't. And he's like, yeah, you know, I got a parasite. <laughs> and Venom gets grumpy, but he's like, no, no, man, it's a term of endearment. Anyway, what do you want to do? Uh, because now Venom's not hungry anymore because he ate that man. And Venom just goes, the way I see it, Eddie, we can do whatever we want. And then I assume they go home to fuck, but the movie ends there. Right. And we get a good rap song. Oh, I didn't even hear the rap. <laughs> oh, yeah, the closing credits is a rap song about Venom. I got a song filled with shit for the strong-willed. When the world gives you a raw deal, sets you off till you scream, piss off, screw you. Here, what's the... I, I want to just see what the, like, chorus is. Here we go. Venom. I got that adrenaline momentum. And I'm not knowing when I'm ever going to slow up. And I'm ready to snap any moment. Oh, this is a long chorus. I'm not going to read all this. This is great. Anyway, that's Venom. This movie's great. So, good, so we forgot about the, the mid-credits scene. Oh, oh my god, we all... Oh. It's his big interview. Oh my god, yes. Oh god, yes, how did I forget? So they, Venom and Eddie, are going to a prison to do an interview. Uh, Eddie explains to the prison guard, the FBI has asked him to do this interview with this serial killer because they have some bodies they haven't ID'd yet, and they're hoping that if Eddie gets this guy talking, he might reveal that he was responsible for some more deaths than what they realized. And uh, the guard's like, listen, buddy, this is a dangerous dude. You're not careful. They're going to need to ID your body. And he lets him into this Hannibal Lecter-ass prison room. Uh, and we just see a finger etching, I think the word's just Eddie Brock in blood on the wall of the cell. And then we see Woody Harrelson in the most uh, incredible wig that anyone has ever worn. It is, it is a Ronald McDonald wig. <laughs> And he just goes like, hey, is it okay with you if I just drop the whole crazy serial killer shtick and just level with you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, they have a little bit of back and forth. But then uh, Woody Harrelson just goes, listen, I get out of here. I will. There's going to be carnage. And the scene ends. 
It's good. It's really good. I'm looking forward to Venom 2. This movie's actually doing pretty pretty okay at the box office. Yeah, I think this movie's doing well. And yeah, like you alluded to, uh, lots and lots of fan art online of Eddie and Venom as boyfriends. They are. They are, yes. Like, listen, uh, there's a there's a subset of the internet that likes to latch on to ships sometimes and just, like, go nuts, even when there's not that much support for them. You know, I think the, the, the most famous example of that just gone buck wild is the whole uh, Onceler thing from the Lorax movie. This movie, it's a lot more textual than it normally is. Like, it's not... They don't literally say, like, I love you, I love you too, or whatever, but it's... It is not unreasonable to read this movie as a love story between Venom and Eddie. He betrays his species to be with Eddie. <laughs> yeah, because Eddie opened his eyes to the beauty of the earth. Oh, I love this movie. It is dumb as hell, and it knows that it's dumb as hell, and just has a lot of fun. It's a good film. Crystal, what letter grade would you give this movie? Oh, man. You tell me first. Uh, I think A-. minus. A-. minus. Yeah. I just, I, I had a ton of fun watching it. Uh, I'm probably going to watch it again someday and still have a ton of fun with it. I have like nitpicks. There's small things that I, I could see where it's got room to improve, but I just, I, I was never not having yeah. fun when I was. Better than the Avengers. I think better than the Avengers. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's better than Thor the Dark World. I'm so mad that that's a sentence you just said. Like, I, it's, I liked it. It's a good movie. I don't think, I don't think it's up there with the best of the MCU. Um, is it better than Captain America 2? I think so. Is it better than Iron Man 2? Yeah, okay, here's my here's my case for that. This movie is like if Iron Man 2 was nothing other than the parts of Iron Man 2 we like. It's just a fun bad guy who sucks and is fun to watch suck, and some fun characters being, like, weirdo assholes. It's better than Iron Man 2. It's better than Iron Man okay. 2. I th- mm, is it better than Captain America 2? Uh, it's... Instead of being a weird movie that, like, tries to be political but fails, like, at least what little politics are in this movie are they're pretty right-headed. It's all about how Elon Musk sucks. Better than Captain America 2. It's better than Thor the Dark World. There's, like, five times as much goop in this movie as there was in Thor the Dark World. That's not... I mean, sure. <laughs> the goop quotient is way higher in this one. I mean, it's true that the way I saw this film, I was not able to truly appreciate the visuals. Mm-hmm. I-, I will say that was another nitpick I had was... Part Parts of the final fight, it's very darkly lit, and it's a little hard to follow at times. But, like, I'm willing to forgive that just because of that crazy goop tableau in the middle of it. Okay, I'll, I'll, put, it, I'll put it above Thor 2. We're, get, we're, get, we're narrowing okay, it down. Okay. Is it better than Iron Man? Hmm. There's not a weird, like, uh, foreign character who exists only to make Eddie into a superhero. Mm, okay, okay, okay. I'm just trying to find one point at which Venom is better than each of these movies. Is it better than Captain America the First Avenger? Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Carlton Drake is a way better bad guy than the Red Skull. I don't know if I'd say that. Really? I like I liked the Red Skull performance. I, I think he's fine. Like he's better than Malik Keith, but he's I don't know. I thought he was just kind of passable. I I, I don't think Drake is that great of a villain. Uh, to me, like th- between the bit he has with that kid and his big monologue to Isaac, he's a pretty great villain. Hmm keep moving this movie up for me it might it mm. well okay iron man 3 is it better than iron man 3 iron man 3 is really good hmm okay iron man 3 is really good uh hmm i'm trying to think of like uh, a, a place uh, an excuse to place it above iron man 3 does not exploit people uh that don't have uh, all their limbs okay okay iron man 3 might be my wall i i think that is justifiable i'm not i'm not sure if it's better or worse than captain america captain america so the our main issue with that film is that 
Steve Rogers didn't really like have an arc. Yeah, he didn't have a great arc. And to be fair, I don't know if Eddie necessarily has a great arc in this. Yeah, what what is Eddie's arc in this film? Well, he goes from being like a noble-hearted journalist with his head in the right place, but he's, you know, kind of half-cocked and not willing to think things through, to um being a guy with superpowers so he doesn't have to worry about thinking things through. He can just like eat things that he doesn't like. So, maybe not the strongest character arc, but okay, let me pitch this at you. Which is the better love story? The one between Eddie and Venom or the one between Cap and Buck? It's Eddie and Venom. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Although, okay, point in Captain America's favor, no musical number in Venom, which is maybe the one way that would really improve it. That rap, though, you're right, shit. Okay, but if there were... Now I'm imagining, like, Tom Hardy in, like, a Venom hoodie doing that rap over the credits. That'd be miserable in a way that I would enjoy. Okay, um, I've I've decided. Venom is better than Captain America the First Avenger and worse than Iron Man 3. Okay, I, I think that is a totally reasonable ranking. Now, here's the, the, the next question. What grade is it get? Yeah, I, I'm saying A-. minus. I don't know what you're saying. Well, it's either a B or... Ah, no, it's, it's, it's just going to be a, a B. All right, we did it. <laughs> okay, Venom, good, good film. Very good movie. We'll watch again. See, that to me is the part where... That's why I put it at number one. None of the other Marvel movies I felt compelled to rewatch after I saw them for the first. Venom, I feel like, oh, I'll rewatch that someday. That'll be a fun movie to put on. Well, Luke... Yeah. Where can people send us questions? Uh, they can send us questions to mcucompleteme at gmail.com, or they can just follow you on Twitter at Crystal. and when we're doing a recording, you'll just yell uh, for questions. Did we get any emailed ones? Yeah, we have emails. Okay. You want to read one or two while I pull up your Twitter? Okay. This comes in from Ace JC, titled Iron Man 3 and Disability. Oh, cool. Hey, Luke and Crystal. A physically and mentally disabled queer plural cluster is here to give some insight on Iron Man 3 and Disability. Just now listening to that episode. For the record, we have no time to rewatch this movie this week, and our first watch is probably when we were like 15 or 16 and had a shittier worldview. You're welcome to read this out on the podcast, publish it somewhere, or have us guests on the podcast sometime to talk about it or other disability-related MCU films. So first off, we want to get across the small point that Marvel definitely perpetuates the idea that disabilities nearly always have some root cause slash events, and war is their biggest and easiest way to get this across. Mm -hmm. That and science magic, such as Bruce Banner's heart condition. Sure. So, Tony Stark is a disabled superhero. Tony is definitely disabled. This isn't arguable. But his disability is framed weirdly. PTSD is something to be gotten over. And as y'all pointed out, not through mental health treatment, but just overcoming it. And then his heart condition, which feels very weird. It's kind of good in that he actually deals with it directly, repeatedly. But also, it's nearly a source of his superpowers in an odd way, since the heart battery reactor also powers his suit, which feels a little weird. And then the big one is that it feels framed as though his disability is directly a punishment for his warmongering. It's off-putting to think about that. Now then, the other main point y'all brought up is that the villains are disabled people. There's a guy who uh, invented the extremist project and also has a limp and cane and is literally described in the synopsis as crippled nerdy scientist. We think y'all said something about how that's bad, and if not, uh, yeah, no, framing the more obviously disabled person as uncool is real bad. Side note, want to know why lame means uncool? It also means cripple. That's ableism. Anyway, so then the other villains are amputee veterans who want their limbs back, and want that to not literally set them on fire. You know, maybe, just maybe, these are bad motivations to frame as villainous. Gonna end this off in one more note. Cures for disability should really be written by disabled people. This said, Iron Man 3 kinda handles it okay-ish. 
Like, at least the cure is being developed by a disabled person. That helps. Mm-hmm. Shame about the villain thing. But yeah, like, a thing that's important is that in any situation where a cure exists, some people can and will either not have access to or flatly deny taking the cure. Right. Ignoring that to write disabled people out of fiction by saying it's all better is hella eugenics-y. Like, this movie doesn't do that so much, but it's important to note. Finally, one other note. No disabled actors play lead roles in this movie, not even for the explicitly framed as disabled villain. TLDR. Holy shit, the more we thought about it, the more ableist it got. Able people should maybe chill the fuck out. Thanks for reading. All right, yeah, thank you for writing that in. Thank you, Ace. Yep, I appreciate getting that perspective. You have you have a, a Twitter, the Twitter thing? Uh, yeah, let's see here. Let's go, well, you know what? Let's go from that thoughtful, well, you know, considered email to this question from Mitchell Dill. If Venom ate you, and I'm not saying they're gonna, but if they did, would you prefer they said Venom or Venom Nom Nom afterward? It's gotta be Venom Nom Nom. No, I might go Venom. I think they're both solid choices, though. <laughs> Mitchell also asks, what if Uncle Ben finally came back, but is Uncle Ben speak on this? Surely that's been done, right? That seems obvious. No, Uncle Ben, so it used to be the three characters that would never be resurrected were Uncle Ben, Bucky, and uh, the second Robin. Two of those have come back. Cool. Yeah, I know second Robin has. Uncle Ben's still dead. But if they were to resurrect him, he should be a Venom. Yeah, he should be Uncle Ben. I'm with you 100%. All right, let's see here. Uh, Lexi asks, does it bother you when people colloquially mix up, mix it up with poison? Not really. I mean, they're different, but they're, like, mostly the same for all intents and purposes, unless you're a doctor. Explain to me the difference between venom, toxin, and poison. Oh, boy. I don't know if I can do toxin. Uh, so, venom is explicitly... Like, okay, if an animal is venomous, that means that it has, like, a venom gland, and it can, uh, like, inject venom into its prey, or as, like, a defense mechanism in bees or something, to, like, inject something bad into you. Whereas if it's poisonous, like a poison dart frog, that means that if you ingest the animal, it will be harmful to you. Like, I I don't think it's quite this, like, black and white, but poisonous is more defensive and venomous is more offensive. Do you want to hear the Google definition of toxin? Yeah, sure, hit me. An antigenic poison or venom of plant or animal origin. Okay, so maybe toxin is kind of the umbrella term. Cameron asks, how fucky is the entire concept of a sapient goo monster that can hook into your nervous system, just on principle? Extraordinarily. Very much so. Yeah. It's very uh, uh, intimate. Yes. Uh, Chelsea, my girlfriend, who I mentioned watched this movie with me, uh, asks, what currently playing movie would clash with Venom the most as a double feature? And, uh, yeah, I mentioned it earlier. The answer might be Cinderella, which, to be fair, is not currently playing. It was only that one night. But still. Halloween. You think? Yeah. Isn't that movie all about they're going to take a gun and shoot Michael Myers? to death with a bullet which seems like a good movie yeah I've, I've never seen any of the halloween movies uh she also asks how upsetting is the rate at which eddie becomes okay with eating you know bad people how long do you think it would take you to be okay with eating people if you had a flesh hungry alien in your body he does become very okay with cannibalism very fast he's gonna feed the venom or the venom will eat him that's true i guess yeah it's uh it's a little upsetting to think about it's one of those things i'm just willing to take as you know oh that's what the movie is but yeah it's a little odd i mean listen he's only eating bad people he is only eating bad people we're gonna that's gonna be the thing in the next venom movie he's gonna like eat richard spencer and we're gonna have a big long debate about whether that's okay (laughs) what happens if venom eats carnage uh i mean probably similar to what happened when riot ate venom in this movie right i guess nothing (laughs) I don't think I'd ever be okay with eating people. 
Then again, ah, if it's me or them, eh, maybe. I don't know. I don't like to think about it. Making me confront my own morality and mortality. Uh, let's see here. Reist asks, does this movie work as a standalone thing, entirely divorced from Spider-Man? Do you think that weakened it since Venom is normally so heavily tied to Peter? Yeah, I think it completely works as its own thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously it's different when it's not like, oh, Venom's mad that Peter rejected him or whatever. It's it's not the same, but they made it work, I think. Monica asks, are they truly a good boyfriend? I mean... Okay. They... Mm, no? They might not be. This might be a deeply toxic relationship. They have forced Eddie to eat humans. Yeah, but Eddie's also not that torn up about it. They they threatened regularly to eat Eddie's uh, liver. Yeah, yeah, but Eddie at that point seems like he's just taking it as playful banter. Like, maybe Eddie's into the danger. I think, you know what? I think we're going to have to hold our judgment on that until the next movie, because they really only get together near the end of this one. Right, it's, it's possible that Venom could, could maybe learn a little more about human ethics after he bumps into uh, Chidi from The Good Place. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Um, uh, bu- 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 more like Turtle Cant asks, do you think there's any chance in hell they can make Carnage not suck? So, okay, I'm not a comics person. I know who Carnage is, kind of. But I, I know people don't really like Carnage because my impression is that Carnage is like ultra edgy in a way that people find tiresome. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, the, there's a lot of focus on like the a lot of graphic focus on the the many bad acts of Cletus Cassidy. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I But like in, in this series where you're trying to make like an anti-hero Venom, I think making a villain Venom is fine. But also they already did that in this movie with Riot. Yeah, but okay, I think that is another point where this movie doesn't excel, is that Riot, even though I like Carlton Drake, Riot's kind of whatever. And I think Carnage maybe has some room to be a more exciting vid- villain than Riot was. I think they could have done a little more with the idea that like Riot is is a real straight-laced commander symbiote, and Venom's like this loser kid who joined his unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they can, I think they can make Carnage good. I think there's a chance in hell. If part of the problem is that like people don't like how gruesome and gory it gets, Venom was PG-13, and it seems unlikely they would make Venom 2 R, so like there's only so much they can do. Like, considering how many people get their heads bitten off in this movie, it's pretty bloodless. That's true. It, Venom's a clean eater. <laughs> he finishes his plate. <laughs> he eats all his vegetables. Evan asks, is he sexy? Hmm. What do you think? Yes. Are you kidding me? I mean, listen, Tom Hardy, an attractive man. I'm not, I'm not off a big, I'm, I'm not into the goop necessarily. I get it. I respect it. I don't know if it's for me personally. Don't, don't care for the she-venom? No, I don't know if, I don't know if that's, if that's my deal. Okay, last question. Joshua asks, how good is the Eddie Brock report montage? And you actually stop to think about it. What's with the have a nice life motif? Do you think it needed all those scenes of selling itself as a kind of serious film to contrast Tom Hardy's wackiness? Uh, I like the Eddie Brock report stuff a lot. I don't remember the specific dialogue, but I remember it being like, like he was doing some real, like, like I think there's a bit where they find some bodies in a land fill and he talks about how like the san francisco police don't care about poor people and that's why this happened or something like it's weirdly for this movie it's weirdly biting oh hey i made a funny biting (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know it's fine i don't remember much of it either yeah like i I remember liking it as a way to introduce us to eddie brock what's the have a nice life motif uh, I think they just wanted something like Venom to echo a line from earlier in the movie to make it seem like a bigger deal when he wins, you know? It's been revoked. <laughs>
My favorite joke in the show, uh, Family Guy, is the episode where uh, Peter Griffin takes a gun and shoots his son, Stewie Griffin, and he says, it's been revoked. Okay. In reference to Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah, right. No, I know that, yeah. That's just my favorite scene from Family Guy. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad you... Okay. I don't reference Family Guy in the Book of Medora because I respect that podcast too much. <laughs> oh, but not this one? Yeah, no, I'll, this is, I'll ref- talk about Family Guy on McCuckum. <laughs> uh, you do really love that that great Rhode Island family. Do you think it needed all those <sighs> scenes of it selling itself as a kind of serious film to contrast Tom Hardy's wackiness? Uh, I, you know what? I love this movie for what it is. I have a feeling if it sold itself for what it was, people would be like, what? No, what? We saw Catwoman. We're not doing this again. Right. So, yeah, it probably did. I, I think the first act's good. Yeah. Helps. Uh, can make the the second and third act's more meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. I Like I said, yeah. I This is a good movie. Uh, but is that all the questions we got? That's all the questions we got. All right. Great. We did it. We, we talk about Venom, your favorite Marvel movie, to our knowledge. Yeah. Where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. You can find uh, some other shows I do over on AudioEntropy.com, like uh, Totally Reprise or Let's Place, which is a video game podcast I do with you and Chelsea. Uh, that's that's a good time. Um, yeah, I think that about covers it for now. Uh, Crystal, what about you? You can find me at Arcane Crystal, Patreon.com slash Arcane Crystal, on the Let's Place podcast and on the Book of Medora, the podcast where we discuss the lore of the Legend of Zelda series. All right, fantastic. Do you have a, do you have a Venom joke for me? Oh, wait, here we go. Elizabeth Banks' R-rated Venom joke sparks hilarious Twitter trash talk. Uh... Let's see. The latest Venom trailer features a lot more dialogue than the last one, which has also been picked apart by fans of Tom Hardy. But Elizabeth Banks noticed something much different while watching the trailer for the first time. Instead of focusing on the dialogue or noticing the mispronunciation of symbiote, she found something weird with the visual effects towards the end of the trailer. Banks explains, and here's that joke that that warranted this entire article, looks like he's eating a dick. How do I get a job writing these things? I, I bet Kevin Berwick, who wrote this article, didn't get paid that well. I bet he's he's chugging these out. That's not a joke. That's not you don't. That's not a joke worthy of having an article. That's worthy of a minor chuckle. Oh, I've, I've got a good one. Uh, that was also on this article from some guy on Twitter named Dave Flynn. I don't know who he is. Maybe he's somebody. Uh, for those wondering if Venom connects to MCU Spider-Man, it doesn't. It's set in, in an alternate universe where no one can pronounce the word symbiote. Because I think they say symbiote in the movie. How does Venom communicate with other superheroes? I don't know, Crystal. How does Venom communicate with other superheroes? The World Wide Web. Great. We'll see you next time, everyone. And I'll cast, put a flame to a tar, walk around with a fire round Hey, kind gotta deal with a new kind of mind. I'm a quick death wrapped in a threat. Hey, you tell these fuzzy little weak car bunny babies back up and get wet. Never mind where you draw the line. I got a mind for crime. It's all disrespect. I'm an oil rig fire with a flesh. You a lunchbox walking a wreck. Taste the treats for the lunch to the flesh and the neck. Who's hungry? The table's set. Come get it. The game's the game that you can't run with it. Have fun with it. Enjoy and suffer it. Colonel panic. Terminal rushing. Empty the clip while your clip's still blocking. Look in the eye of the violent and villainous. We are the murderous militants. We are the Pirates that hide on the island and later we wildin' marauding and murdering merchantmen. We have been cursed by the curse. We shootin' first on our turf. Pay us our proper respect. You pray for your God to end the perverse. He sent the worst of the worst. Every damn demon dispersed. We put them all in the earth. We put them under the earth. We are the savages ravaging hell. Death in the end, we relish the smell. We are the hand of the Lord. We are the hand with the sword. Taking the heads of the faith. We are the sinners of faith. We are the faith of snake.
just take a light, my life, 29 grams up in the night. Turn last slash of the fires. Born the poor boy, the bass of the lions. Hardy hard, you rely on my right. That's not a brag, that's Back from the bellows of hell. Back from the back of a jail in a cell. Back from the con and the crease to the con and the creek. Back to the streets of the east. Back to the belly of beast. Back to the place of my peace. Back to me holding my peace. Anything working, disturbing that peace will certainly meet the deceased. Cause he's Oh, why must I tell them again? What must I tell them, my friend? That we are born in the sin. And we are worshiping murder is nothing but evil do princess men. I know you heard of them all. We should just murder them all. We should just murder them all. The deaths on the ruins, we looting from all of their palaces. Let's go!